0: Just go to Indeed.com/slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire.
1: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting you with a solo recap of another disappointing Nets loss today to the Celtics, 120-126. As we all know, the season's end is approaching. The Nets continue to fall in the standings, now sitting under five hundred thirty-two and .32-33. This was a game that was pretty important to win and pretty important to gather some momentum. And it was the first time Katie and Kyrie had both suited up together since the Chicago Bulls game. We're going to jump into this game and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. And, you know, right off rip, I think there's a couple things for this team that are question marks. And those question marks have been apparent in the last couple games. And they're just issues that you wonder if the Nets are going to be able to solve by the end of the season. And yes, the return of Ben Simmons, who we'll touch on at the end of the show, could solve a lot of these issues. But at the end of the day, there is no chemistry or cohesion and they face a Celtics team that has been hot, you know, arguably, you know, the best team in 2022 so far in the Eastern conference in the way that they've played, their defense has been awesome. They have a great synergy. They have a defensive understanding and the nets lack all of those things. You know, they don't have a great defense. They don't have a great understanding of, the, of what they need to do defensively as well. There's a lack of cohesion and chemistry. And also at times there still feels to be uh, a question with the rotation and who fits next to who and who can cover up for who, you know, obviously this roster is flawed. And like I mentioned, Ben, a great defender could solve a lot of issues and clean up a lot of things, but you have to play with who you have. And in these situations, it feels like too many times guys are put in a position that's not going to allow them to succeed. And, you know, you could look at Steve Nash for that. You could look at Sean Marks a little bit for that, but today defensively, At no point did they really make life difficult for the Celtics, and they really had no answer for Jason Tatum. You know, Bruce Brown, I thought, did a really nice job on him at different points in this game, but the Celtics – had a pretty easy time getting that switch and getting Tatum a matchup that he wanted. You know, even late in this game, he was able to get a one-on-one matchup with Kyrie Irving or Seth Curry or Goran Drogage, And, you know, all solid players and can show effort defensively, but severely undersized going against one of the best scorers in the NBA on a day that he had a career game. Tatum finished with 54, 16-30, of and 8-15 of from 3. I think the lack of adjustments from the Nets defensively in regard to Jason Tatum were pretty rough. And then I think defensively in general, their understanding of how the Celtics played this game was pretty bad. You know, the Celtics finished the game 17 of 36 from three, 47%. And a lot of those were good open looks. Yeah, the occasional contested three made by Tatum and by uh, Jalen Brown or whoever it is. But a lot of time, you know, the Nets were giving wide open looks to solid three-point shooters. You know, Al Horford, three of six today, every attempt he had was clean. And some of that's just the Nets willing to give up a three to a specific player, but some of that's just deficiencies for the style of play and the rotations they had out there. I mean, when you're playing a guy like Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge, it's going to be tough for them to rotate out to the three-point line and also give you rim protection. You know, we did see Klax more late in this game, but Clax, as good as he is defensively, he hasn't necessarily played a ton, and the cohesion, the chemistry isn't there, and he was spending a lot of time on, you know, Jason Tatum in this game. So you like the adjustment, but potentially a little bit too late. And then the fact is playing clacks with Bruce Brown can cause you offensive issues. And then all of a sudden now, you know, where you were dominating offensively and maintaining that level of play – it's not as easy because you're going up against a great defense. Uh MA Udoka made some great adjustments and you know I tweeted something at the beginning of the fourth quarter it was pretty apparent that they were going to try to take the ball out of Kevin, Durant, Kevin Durant's hands. And they did a great job of that in the fourth and trying to force someone else to beat them and force somebody else to make shots. And that led to some turnovers from KD. It led to some bad plays from other guys. I mean, you know this is a matchup that you hope Kyrie Irving would really step up. You know, he started to get a little momentum in the fourth quarter but really just not a very aggressive game from him. Didn't have that same level of juice, you know, considering his last performance was against the Bucks, where he scored, you know, 38 points and led this team to arguably their best win of the season. You're going to need more out of Kyrie in games like this, especially with Ben still being out and obviously Harden no longer being here. You're going to need him to be an all-star in almost every matchup. And I think you know he did contribute with six assists, and he did have 19 points, finished 8 of 18 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, and did have 3 steals. But a lot of those steals were in the first half, and I thought defensively in the first half he was a little bit more engaged. In that second half there were some issues with his play, also a couple just – bonehead turnovers and just bad plays and obviously it is tough for him to maintain rhythm because he plays you know once a week twice a week or whatever it is he'll go three games and then not play for another week so you can see that having an impact on him and also credit to Celtics for playing great defense but again it was really more so Kyrie not having his best game and like I said you really need him to step up and have a big game especially when other guys aren't Getting as involved. You know, KD did his thing offensively 37 points, 12 of 21 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, did have 7 turnovers, like I mentioned. Those doubles did hit, and guys weren't necessarily doing a great job of flashing to the openings to provide him some type of outlet. But KD did his job. He did enough for the Nets to win this game. I thought defensively he had some awesome moments as well as a help defender. He's one guy, obviously, that is mobile and can defend. He can help and still get back to his man and contest a shot. Um, as well you know I thought it was a nice wrinkle from Steve Nash and the coaching staff to put him on Robert Williams and have him defend the pick and roll situations given he can switch on to Tatum or wherever it is especially when it was a Bruce Brown Kevin Durant combo that was a nice little wrinkle something you like to see more from the Nets and their coaching staff especially because there's physical and you know talent deficiencies defensively that you have to cover up for and you guys just aren't going to magically become good defenders overnight. And that's, you know, on the coaching staff to understand that and put them in a position where this could succeed. And also I think you want to be in a position where you're forcing someone else to beat you. You know, Jason Tatum, like I mentioned, had a career night. Like he was straight fuego mode. And at times, it just felt too easy for him to get his matchups and get his one on ones, and that's that's a problem, and that's a problem from the players, and that's a problem from the coaching staff, and they just need to be better, because in a playoff series, that's just not acceptable. And something similar did happen last year when the Nets faced the Celtics in the playoffs. Luckily, the Nets had the big three, and they're able to still, you know, outscore them and you know win that series. But they ended up winning that game because they really just didn't have a plan to limit Tatum and have an idea in a way to force somebody else to beat you. You know, Marcus Smart scores 30, or, you know, Al Horford has a 25 point game. I think you feel a lot better. Wow, it took a career game. But this was an obvious example of Tatum just being hot. And the Nets, like I said, just really didn't make enough adjustments to make his life more difficult and frustrate him in any way. And that led to a lot of their woes defensively. And like I said, at times the there were doubles and they came at the wrong time, so they weren't successful or he was able to eat the double and make the bright pass and hit somebody for three. But getting back to the net side, I mentioned Bruce Brown, I thought was a guy that actually did a solid job on Tatum. And I thought he was you know, probably the second best net tonight behind Kevin Durant, finished with 16 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. And what felt like a million hustle plays, if there was a loose ball, you know, Bruce Brown was out there trying to play for it. And like we've talked about on the pod and like it's been mentioned on Twitter, he's back to playing at a really high level. You know, you could argue today he was playing at a higher level than he was even playing at last season, just given his overall impact and really being more so a part of the offense more than just being a piece that runs, you know, short roll with James Harden pick and roll situation. So credit Bruce continuing to play at a really high level and also Playing with urgency, and I think that can be a question for a lot of Nets on this team. You know, a guy that sticks out, Andre Drummond, finished with six points, only played about 17 minutes, three of five from the field, seven rebounds, three offensive, one assist. I think defensively, this is a tough matchup for him just given, you know, the Nets drop coverage isn't great. They don't have great guards to run in drop coverage. You know, getting over screens is an issue at times. And, you know, Kyrie Irving, that's not his best trait as well. And Drummond not being the most mobile guy or the most agile guy defensively is a problem in matchups like this. And I think if he's going to stand the floor, he really needs to dominate the boards and dominate inside. And that just wasn't there. There were flashes of him having an impact, but it really came, I think, you know, early in that third quarter and other than that you know just not a great game you know as we mentioned on the last pod with Doug Norrie from Lockdown Nets you know you get the hot and the cold of Drummond and today was definitely more of the cold but moving on from uh, Drummond looking at the other big LaMarcus Aldridge 14 points 7 to 10 from the field five rebounds one assist one block one turnover again you know, if it's a tough matchup for Drummond in drop coverage or, you know, agility and athleticism and mobility wise, it's probably going to be a tough matchup for LaMarcus. I thought LaMarcus probably showed a little bit more effort than uh, Drummond. I also liked when they tried to hide uh, LaMarcus a little bit more on like Grant Williams rather than try to have him defend the pick and roll in those situations. It worked out, especially with Claxon on the floor. With Claxon and Katie on the floor next to LaMarcus... Those are two guys capable of, you know, cleaning up mistakes. You know, we even saw a little bit of Drummond and Klax, which honestly wasn't as bad as I thought. But obviously, there's spacing issues given Clax' lack of uh, offensive ability and Drummond's lack of you know, spacing as well. So those two guys on the floor can be an offensive issue. But defensively, you can see some of the pluses of playing that. But again, getting to LaMarcus and just his ability, it's just tough to ask a guy of his Stature and age to rotate and get out into perimeter and also help inside. So this is where, you know, I think the Nets need to understand the deficiencies of the players they have, and they just have to look to do different things. I think this is a matchup where you you give Blake Griffin a shot and see what he can do, and Blake played not a single minute in this game. Same for Kessler-Edwards. I think you could argue those are two guys that make sense in this matchup given their switchability and their versatility and you know the potential three-point shot both of them can provide.
2: Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and The Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, And the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on the old man and the three make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to the old man and the three ad free on Wondery plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Again, not super happy with the coaching staff. I don't think they coached well in the last game against Miami. And then this game as well, not, not uh, riding high. So it's on the players not playing super well, but again, a lot of these guys, we understand their deficiencies and what they can do on the court, and LaMarcus and Drummond are guys that aren't great in, you know, against a team like this that can put a lot of pressure, have a lot of floor spacing, have a lot of guys that can attack, and you know, the, the Nets still played them a majority of the time. They still took up a large chunk of the minutes in the rotation. Another big that played today, and this was a rough game from him right off Rip, and that was James Johnson, only played about seven minutes, finished with two points, 1-3 from the field, 0-1 from three, three rebounds. Another thing we mentioned in the last pod was, you know, you can just kind of tell when he doesn't have the juice or that extra level of focus and engagement. Today was one of those games. I think right off Rip, he had a turnover in this game when he entered in, and you just kind of question sometimes why the Nets depend on him so much, given his deficiencies and you know lack of consistency i think there's other guys that fit with his team and can be successful and i think some of his skills are less valuable if you're not leaning into that true small ball style you know we didn't it's not like we saw him play any minutes at the five or anything like that i think at the four and it's just tough because if you play him next to drummond you're lacking the spacing if you play him next to lamarcus now, you have two bigger guys that aren't necessarily super athletic. You put them in a pick and roll or a dribble handoff situation, you know, it's probably going to result in a good opportunity for the opposing team. So, trying to find roles for these guys and understand where they can be successful on the court is on the coaching staff. And I think that's an area they just have to be better at. And to defend them a touch is like, it's tough when you have so many moving parts. You know, Steve said today, you know, Steve Nash, that. this is like the first time we saw this team on the court and he's right. And we get it. But at the end of the day, no one really cares because the season's almost over. You have to get it together. This team still has championship aspirations. That's still the goal, you know, of making the playoffs, a second round knockout. That's not a success. You have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving, you have Ben Simmons, you're trying to win a championship. And that's what the Nets need to do. And like I said, at the start, they don't have a ton of time to do that. That's why every, minute on the court is crucial it's crucial to play with pace and play with urgency and find things that work and you know there were some pluses in this game and i think getting back to clax the five a little bit and getting back to switching a little bit more will be helpful but do they have enough time to define that identity and feel comfortable in that situation because with switching obviously it, it sounds simple but The help when you're switching, when to double, when to off ball switch, when to scram, all these different things have to happen for it to be effective. And yeah, you're going to give up buckets. There's going to be times where, you know, Al Horford gets Kyrie in the post and he gets an easy layup or something like that. But those are things that you live with because you're forcing a lesser player to beat you. You do not want to allow a player like Jason Tatum to have a career night and go off and win the game, not on his own, but a large majority of it was the play of Jason Tatum today. So it's, is extremely important for the Nets to figure out what they're doing and what they're leaning into by the end of the season. They're not at a point where they can have, you know, five or six different styles that they play. Yeah. The roster has some interesting pieces and, you know, maybe if it was game one, we could lean into some different things early on and experiment, but where they're at now, you need results and you need to put your best players in the court and you really need to find your best five man lineup and your best closing lineups and, how you can utilize every player in the best way possible. Another guy, you know, Seth Curry, finished with eight points, three of six in the field, two of three from three, two rebounds, one assist, one steal. I think this is a guy they need to try to utilize a little bit more, you know, find him opportunities, especially when he's on the court with Katie and Kyrie. There should be options for him to, have less pressure and less focus from the defense and allow him to kind of cook the nets were only able to generate three three three-point attempts for him you know that's that's not great and some of that is you know they did play a lot of iso ball and the celtics were living with the one-on-ones with kd but at the other at at the same time a lot of it was some of the lineups they played allowed the celtics to focus on you know shutting down seth curry and not allowing him to be that off-ball threat because you have two non-shooters on the floor so the balance of these lineups and finding a cohesion on both ends of the floor is a tough task because of the liabilities that you have on this roster. There's still a lot of players that are only good on one end of the floor. So every matchup can provide you something a little bit different. And like I said, it's it's on the coaching staff to really figure that out. And Seth is a guy that I think you want to generate more three-point attempts for. You want to generate more shooting attempts for. You know, Even if that's coming off a pin down, you know, a mid-range jumper, he's proven to be an elite shooter in this league get him some more touches. But uh, going on the Goran Dragic, you know, seven points, two of seven from the field, one of two from three, two of two from the free throw line, six rebounds, one assist, one turnover. Goran, not bad in this game. You know, obviously would have liked to shoot a little bit better, finish a couple more of those layups. But he he's providing what you kind of expect. A traditional point guard. He's more of a backup at this point in his career, obviously. And I think defensively you see, you know, the issues that he has. He does occasionally make, you know, a heady play, poke his hand in there, force a steal, make the right rotation. But as he pointed out after the Miami game, there's still confusion defensively about what guys are doing and what they need to do in all these different situations. So uh, moving on from him though patty mills quiet day for patty three points one and two from the field one of one from three just really didn't necessarily have a ton of impact out there and i think trying to again find roles for these guys that allow them to be successful like you're paying playing uh, patty 14 minutes you know try to find him more than one three-point attempt some of that's the Celtics doing a great job but i think it's important for the nets to utilize all these different players and it puts more pressure on the defense to shut down you know five options and rather one option in Kevin Durant or whoever it might be and I think you know some of that's on KD running a lot of iso he was hot today but you know Nash needs to enforce some type of system along those lines as well so Patty Patty Seth Gorin it's in Kyrie it's a lot of guards guys aren't going to get their minutes they're not going to get their shots unless they find a way to play you know three guards at a time which could be possible leaning into small ball and leaning into the offense is an option, but you need to decide on what you're going to do sooner than later. So you have a go-to thing that can be effective and help you win these games. And, you know, it's a counter for these great teams that you're going to face. You know, the Celtics are going to be a team that you could potentially see in the postseason after today's win, they probably feel pretty good about that. Obviously, you know, no Ben Simmons, but still Ben, we don't know when he's going to come back at this point and how good he's really going to be. And again, another guy that has to be fit in, has a unique skill set, need to find that chemistry and cohesion as well. So, so many question marks and not a lot of time. And it, and it's not like, you have a ton of confidence in the coaching staff. You know, it's it's been a rough season for them on so many different angles, but at the end of the day, they're paid to do a job. Their job is tough. There's a reason they're paid millions of dollars, and it's to solve these problems, and this is their life. You know, obviously, they, they do have a, a personal life, but, you know, being an NBA head coach takes up a majority of your time. That goes for the assistant coaches, too. You know, as much as, you know, it's on Steve Nash, I think it's on the entire coaching staff, too, as pointed out in the last game against the Heat. It's not one guy. It's just like, There's not really a lot of answers. And as I've mentioned before, you know, the players lose the game majority of the time, but you need to try to put them in the best position for them to succeed. And it doesn't always feel like that's the case. I mean, even Nick Claxton, again, played 18 minutes, uh, finished with five points, one of four from the field, three of four from the free throw line, five rebounds, one assist, he is sporadically playing. He's a young player, a young players notoriously need some level of consistency to find the rhythm and their understanding, especially I think for him offensively to find where he can be impactful and impact his team is more minutes. And it just feels like, all right, you know, let's throw you out there, uh, in a matchup that's tough against one of, you know, the best defensive teams. And also we're going to throw you on Jason Tatum and ask you to defend. And I thought, honestly, at different points, he did a solid job. And I think defensively you can see what Klax can do because he's another guy that can recover, that can help and recover where you can't say that about a lot of nets. And when you're playing so many undersized guards, you're going to need guys that can help and recover. That's why I've been, you know, Harping on this for a while, I think Nick Claxon's a guy that you have to probably lean into a little bit more, at least until you get Ben Simmons back. If you know Ben comes in and he can be essentially do almost all the things that Clax can do, that's fine. But at this point in time, you need someone to clean up defensive, uh, defensive mistakes, and Claxon could be that guy. And obviously, he still makes his own mistakes. And you know, the foul on Tatum at the end of the third quarter was it a foul? Wasn't a foul. There was contact at the end of the day, and he's not going to get that benefit of the doubt. So, overall. It's it's frustrating. We don't know what's going to happen with this team. There's still a glimmer of hope because Ben Simmons could return and all of a sudden, you know, they're adding a top 25, top 30 player an elite defensive guy that can cover up a lot of mistakes, provides a level of athleticism. And, you know, maybe that'll provide new energy. And Woj mentioned before the game that, you know, he won't play this week. He will be rejoining the team and hopefully next week he can begin to get some team activities in and get, you know, as has been noted, the Nets usually require three intense practices. Hopefully, you can get those three intense practices, get back there on the floor, and give the Nets an opportunity to win some games, find some synergy, and get ready for the playoffs. And honestly, at this point, get ready for the playing game, because they're sitting 32 and 33, tied with Charlotte, who they face in their next matchup on Tuesday. That's a must-win scenario. But every day that goes by and every game they lose, you lose a little bit of hope for this team and what they can do. And you just think, you know, they could still be talented enough to win it all, but not have enough time to get it together. And that just might end up being the case of the season, but who really knows we move on. We hope they get the win on Tuesday. Like I said, you know, frustration levels are probably at all time high for, you know, Nets, Twitter, Nets fans, whatever it's, it's getting there. And, you know, we hope, Hope that there's some type of bounce back and there's some momentum, especially when Ben is back. But overall, who really knows? Again, appreciate everybody for listening, especially during the, these losses and this tough stretch of Nets basketball. But as always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms.
3: Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.